0: Never prolific, but he was always more than that. Just about his goals, you know. I wasn't embarrassed with the ball at his feet. Very accomplished player, maybe even the touch on the right. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app.
1: OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Okay, the Katie Taylor fight is this weekend on the undercard. Dennis Hogan uh, defending his IBO super welterweight world title. Dennis, welcome home.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back here, mate. Yeah, finally, uh, after all this time fighting here in Ireland, you know. What's it like? Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, the buzz is fantastic. Um, happy to get up to Dublin, but I uh, was here for three weeks um, preparing in Kildare and uh, everything's gone to plan, so it's exciting.
1: So for people who don't know, you've been in Australia a long time at this stage.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, maybe 12 years or something, I went over uh, 2011, early 2011 to, to to get a few fights and probably was planning on basing myself in America, but got there and uh, grew roots and, uh, and here we are. <laughs> so just
1: spool back a bit, um, you fought as an amateur, when did you decide to go pro?
2: Oh look, you remember um, the recession kicked in 2008 and I was a carpenter for 10 years and things got a little... Uh, It was just getting to that point where I was either going to go professional now or not and then there was no shows pretty much in Ireland around that time or very little and I knew there was a load of shows going on in Australia so... Um, I went back there and and, and and was
1: it was it obvious to go to Australia like how did the idea come about oh
2: well not not to everyone it wouldn't have been but I, I'd gone over there on an Irish team so um, and then I was told you know if you ever want to go because I, I sort of did have a bit of a pro style about me anyway um, and I was told if you ever want to go back and get a fight you can come back here and, and, and that's what I did
1: so you, you turned pro essentially over there basically mm, right Yeah. Not not a well-worn path in Irish boxing history. Not many people have done that before, have they?
2: Yeah, well, well, one person had done it before me, Dean Byrne from Crumlin, had gone over and done the same thing. Right. Um, uh, so um, there was a little bit of a path there, that, but, and, but I was happy to... To, to go over I had been there backpacking for a year I, I really did like Brisbane so I said why not go back there and, and, and you know do your, do your morning runs in the sun
0: <laughs> when you say you did have a pro style maybe explain that to people what that uh, entails like why, why, why did you suit the professional ranks particularly
2: well, well for me espe- especially was um, just that you know the third round we'd be in the third round and uh, the fight would be over and um, and I would have had a lot more to give I'd be just warming into the fight So we knew that longer rounds was going to suit me. Um, I've got a great chin, and um, and uh, you know, I just uh, that longer grueling sort of battle against someone in amateur boxing. It's in how fast as you can get the points. And even though I developed a good skill in terms of hit and not be hit fast, uh, pro, pro did suit me better.
0: Yeah have you enjoyed the, the smack talk element of it as well the little bit of build up to fights and uh, James Metcalf is your, is your uh, opponent this weekend but has that been a, a friendly build up or one filled with aggro or how's ah
2: that? look no I, I, I didn't come over for the press conference early and um, he had a little bit to say he seems confident but uh, nothing I haven't heard before I've heard it all and uh, it's all a bit of fun usually when people are, are going on and on they're usually telling you exactly how they're feeling and thinking and, in a funny strange way so I usually like to let people talk And he usually lets me know where they're at. You know,
0: you're talking in the ring.
2: That's it. Yeah, that's. I mean, at the end of the day, why, why buy into it all when, when, when the bell goes, it all happens there. So it's it's all fun and games really until the bell goes.
0: You used to go to the burner Dunn fights.
2: Yeah, look. I mean, this is this is amazing for me. I remember being at those fights, and even when he made his homecoming in the National Stadium, um, I remember being there and being amazed by the whole spectacle of professional boxing, which was completely different to, to the amateur um, in terms of spectacle. But um, that was brilliant. And, and even when I won my title, I got a brilliant message. I only seen a week after the win of Bernard saying, "Well done, Dennis, world champion." And um, and I still, I, I've looked at that video again last week, just and it got me excited again. And for what's going to happen in the tree arena where I used to watch him fight a lot back in the day. So it's a very exciting time, you know. Full circle. Yeah, um, full circle, yeah.
1: It sounds like it wasn't always your intention to go pro. Like if, if the recession hadn't come and your carpentry business had been going well, would you have been happy out with a really good amateur career and getting into business and staying like—is there a sliding doors moment here where there's a completely different world where you're doing analysis of fights, you're training in, in a local club here, and you're happy, or would you have been completely unfulfilled? Do you think if you hadn't taken the path you've taken?
2: Well, it's funny enough because as as a kid, um, uh, as a I think just before I hit my teenage years, if someone asked me what do you want to be and you grow up, I used to say a carpenter and a professional boxer. So professional boxing was always on my horizon. I wasn't that very. It wasn't very conscious of it. Throughout my amateur days, but then there was a moment, like you say, it just it just came aside right? It's now or never. Now I'm, it's getting to that time, and then with with everything kicking in the way it did, and uh, I, I was ready to make a bit of a change in life anyway. You know, I'd done ten years as a carpenter here, and I felt like I'd nearly done a lifetime, so it was time to, to move on and and just do that as well. And, and the opportunity arose, uh,
1: Australia obviously isn't just professional boxing is it you've got loads of other things going on out there as well you've kind of mm. developed different strands to your life and your career
2: yeah that's it look there's a I mean it's a massive sporting country in terms of everything everything they do they want to be the best at and there's a, there's a massive uh, competition there for everything Um but you know the domestic scene over there people didn't know when I was there like I had everything I needed to become the boxer I was with sparring and, and everything and people didn't really give it the weight it deserved and now you have a champion nearly in every, a world champion in every weight over there, Andrew, uh, Jason Maloney just won a world championship again and we have my sparring partner Jeff Horn beat Manny Pacquiao and, um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many great fighters there and I was lucky that I was in that domestic league getting better, getting better, getting better and when I get onto the world scene then, uh, I was ready and that's what, that, that was something that people didn't know about Australia.
1: You know? You're slightly older coming to that level of, of professional boxing than most people as well. Is that part of being ready too that actually uh, you, you never fully understand the value of maturity until you look back and you go, OK, I made a good decision there that maybe I wouldn't have made in my 20s.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, look, I mean, that that certainly was the way with me. Sometimes people could have screamed stuff at me and I wouldn't have heard what they were saying until I was ready to hear it. I was one of those people. But, uh, but uh, you know, in terms of um, being 38 and still boxing, I don't know what's going on or what, why, but um, I've just seemed to get, get, get fitter, healthier and better with age so uh, uh, like you know people should be slowing down I think it's the passion that I have for boxing and the goals and how determined I am to hit them that um, that I have this sort of longevity the fact that I, I I hit and not be hit is sort of my main thing and I don't get into big wars and like Metcalf will try to drag me into a war here there's no doubt and that's probably his his best opportunity of winning but you know for me it's about just doing what I do best and just avoiding that I'll, I'll put my foot in the tyre when it's time when I want to but it's about dictating myself and, and getting there
0: you know I'd read that after your third fight you, you know you gave up alcohol you started focusing heavily on your diet training probably went up another notch did something click in your brain at that point that you were like right I'm, I'm really going to focus on this now
2: yeah yeah well that's it like you know that's my tattoo here it says give it everything you've got my grandfather I didn't know it at the time because it was actually a night at the time, but it's actually nearly something you'd see in a movie when he had, he knew I was partying one night and he said he said just give up that drink son and give it everything you've got and he and he passed the phone back to my mum. Little did I know they would be the last conscious words he'd ever say to me. All right. So after I went and had a draw and then uh, in my third fight and then he passed away. It hit me. I was like, what am I doing? Like this is this isn't amateur where you can have losses and it doesn't mean anything. This is a professional boxing career, and and a loss sets you back years, especially at, at this point in my career. But so I just went all in, and just yeah, and, and it was the best decision I'd ever made in my whole life.
0: Paddy Burke is the grandfather that, that yes, the tattoo quality. He was a renowned coach himself.
2: That's right. Yeah, he brought me along from the age of six or seven to Nace boxing club, um, and um, you know I, I was there as a kid and underage fighting up to the age of eleven, and then competitive till till til 13 till I went to Grange Con he, he gave it up after that but um, he was always there I was always in my corner he was always a big influence on me yeah
1: he was in the <laughs> blood yeah. then you weren't oh, yeah. you weren't ready to hear that
2: wasn't ready yeah oh, but up to that point I wasn't ready to, to hear anything um, not that anyone was screaming at me Like I'd, it's like you know it sort of got blown out of proportion back in the day you know Dennis this and that and uh, headlines and uh, you know a, a grilling on KFM but what kind but of stuff
1: I missed all that time. oh it
2: was just all you know um, about being an alcoholic and and all this stuff, and there was there were spreads going on, and I got grilled, and I was, you know, was it a case then has to be bottles in your bags? I was like, no, mate, I wasn't sleeping rough. I wasn't this is on the radio. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, Jesus. So there was all that going on, and even I mean. I mean there was a bit of a pressure then after that to just make sure that, uh, you know, because people were probably worried then if they thought. But it was never like that. I was just I was just a bucko. Um, and, I, and I liked messing with the boys. And, and we did all that. And we did a bit of partying. But then, it, you know, and then as an amateur, I would sort of... I didn't have big aspirations to go to the Olympics or World Championships. So I was a carpenter, I was a boxer. And I was just a, I was just a boy, you know. I was just a, a, a man coming up. And, and then when I went professional, though... Um, just dropping all of that, just it, it didn't happen as quick as it should have, and then the story not a
1: million miles away from Eric's Eric yeah. Donovan story. Like you know, and obviously from twenty fifteen miles down the road of each other, you, you both have to have these moments mm. where you recognise. I need to change
2: yeah yeah that's it well I mean, that, I mean that's what it was and um, I, I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't good overall but you just sort of you're not ready to sort of hear it you're not ready to take it on you think you're invincible and you're young
1: and so your grandfather's passing is, is that moment dropping is it? yeah
2: yeah because he'd said the words to me and then, and then um, when I went home to see him he was passing away he was actually unconscious I didn't get to speak to him and then I came home uh, it was a quick turnaround and I had a draw in a fight that I should have easily won and, um, and then uh, you know just things was going on and then he passed away and I just went what Dude, look, what am I doing this needs to stop and I need to go all in you know and, and and I did I did go all in you know so
1: what does that mean going all in like
2: yeah just everything I, I call it monk mode like, uh, you know just in terms of everything I'm in monk mode now 11 weeks no nothing live like a monk just focused on winning game plan is the most thing I think about and you know, obviously, I'm a dad at the weekends, and I'll take my rest time, and I do what I need to do. But in terms of everything else, it's like there's no, there's no outside distraction in, in any capacity for 12 weeks, um, for sure. And you just do everything legit, you know, and just have that discipline.
1: Obviously, you've made the point about boxing in Australia being so big, and the quality of, of fighters is is so huge. At the same time, is there part of you that would like a period now where a, a big performance this weekend? gives you an opportunity to fight in the Northern Hemisphere for a little while before you wrap up or does it matter like what's the
2: yeah look uh, so you know the last fight got the monkey off my back and that was all due to the the Mexico fight too where everybody in the whole world thought I won except except the judges that were sitting there and and that was just that was eating away at me. Every conversation I had with everyone. So winning that title got the monkey off my back. Now I've just I'm here and I'm enjoying it. I've done this my whole life. Uh, I was very passionate to get back and defend the world title in Dublin. That's happening right now. Um, so right now I'm just in a great flow. But I do have a three fight deal with Matchroom, and um, th- there is a three fights there. But the better the better contract is executed if I keep winning. And um, and you know I'm just and. I, when I get this feeling I, I'm usually right and I feel like this is going to be my best performance ever that good country here down the moon that good recovery the way I've done everything the way my training is, the way I've finished off and I've peaked has been perfection and I expect that I'll be putting on the best performance ever
1: and the the three fight deal obviously they're global but would, would that be focused in this part of the world do you think
2: well look uh, I mean uh, that Crow Park fight is still yet to happen so everything going well with Katie's fight and um and everything else, um, I, I think that that fight would probably happen this year too. So, just, I just all I need to focus on is keep winning, and that's something I'm good at. So,
0: did I read your distantly possibly related to Michael Hogan shot in Bloody Sunday in Croke Park? Did I read that somewhere?
2: Yeah, look, uh, down da- down down the line, there, there will be, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, it's a, yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of that heritage. To be fair, you know, I certainly haven't sat down either when when people have come come for me in any capacity so uh, we, uh.
0: That, that monk mode that you mentioned do you find that um, arduous is it tough are you comfortable in it Like, are you comfortable at your weight at the moment that you're fighting that? Is, is it all a, an 11 week torture or is it an 11 week of enjoyment for
2: nah, you no it's, it's, it's the first week or two but 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 then you, you, you start to zone in on an, on an energy I like to visualise I like uh, meditation. I like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And after about a week or two, when you just shut out all outside distractions, I mean, that's, that comes down to everything. That comes down to bedroom activities, comes down to everything. Just complete monk mode. And you go into this serenity. Um, and you just start to get your vibration up, and everything starts to unfold as it will. And uh, and that's um, and that's something that I that's the, the the vibration I believe you need to be in when you're going in, and then it starts to come out in your in your um, in your training and the way you execute your game plan and your clarity and you know just uh, yeah, and it's just single focus for for one thing, and one thing only to come out and have an excellent performance on fight night
0: the visualization that you mentioned like is that something that you so you, uh, you obviously think about the ring walk weeks in advance you think about the smells of the three arena the sights the sounds what the mm. fans are going to sound like um, even the music—I th- I think you're, you're picking a different
2: song for your walk on yeah, this that's weekend. Right, yeah, I've changed it a bit. Yeah. You're
0: not going to tell us, obviously, what it is. It's a ah,
2: let it happen. Yeah, but but you're right. I mean, this—I mean, you know—if anyone tries to tell you the visualization doesn't work, me walking out w- with a title belt in the tree arena after starting to visualize that when I sta- when I started to see, I started the Spar World Champions and stuff in Australia like Daniel gill and that, and I started to realize, whoa if I keep going and keep putting in, I could actually get there. And when I started. To Believe with everything, and um, and the way everything has just unfolded—it's major coincidental, you know. If it's not actually uh, vibration, but it is vibration, it's about putting your putting your thoughts and being able to being able to feel it before it happens, and you know. And uh, and this is this is why everything is um, is unfolding right now because I've visualized it nearly every single day all this all this time, you know.
1: When did you understand all this? What what was the reading or the path of the person? It's it's a,
2: it's a really funny story and. Um, uh, I fought um, on, on a team in England. I beat actually. Uh, I had a great win in, in Birmingham. I beat a fella called Jimmy McCann, who had been the, um, the, the the English captain. And we went over and we boxed against a team there in Birmingham. And um, and uh, Kelly Harrington on the way back said to me, "Do you know Dennis? There's a, there's a great book I'm going to recommend you. It's called The Secret." So she told me that anyway, and I didn't go read it straight away. But um, it ended up getting handed to me in a hard time. Our house got flooded and stuff, and I got stuck in. And I read it, and it was just I was going through some hard times, and I started to execute the law of attraction. And um, and lo and behold, uh, a lot of things started to happen. Now it's not all about being positive all the time. It's not. It's about balance. But if you can get yourself to that feeling, and you can see it, and you can feel it, then it starts to happen. And then I, I went on this whole sort of journey. Um, um, for years looking up everything i could and you know i now i uh went to seminars about vibration and visualization mitchell being mgb seminars about success and stuff and i've done all that work and um you know i've got a i've got a mission i've got a purpose i know my why and um and i'm ready to execute saturday and that's just part of it it's not everything it's it's part of a much bigger why and and mission so
1: Um, I read an interview you did with Robert Mulhern in The Leinster Leader back in in 2018. He talked about you doing public speaking in Australia. Is that still something that's part of your life?
2: It's something that I genuinely love to do and I think that this boxing story... Uh, every every next chapter um, actually adds another element to it. But uh, I can go up and, and 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 speak about all sorts of stuff like of, of uh, overcoming adversity um, you know goal setting. You know all sorts of every, every, anything that fits into my journey, which is pretty much everything. Uh, I really do enjoy going up and speaking about, and uh, I'd like to make it something. Uh, of a, of a, of a career after my after my boxing yeah
1: i was going to ask cuz this doesn't feel like a homecoming ending you know it's it's a three fight deal there's, there's stuff in the future you're not ready to retire yet but at the same time it's good to have this sense of another person developing at the same time as the boxer is continuing to develop cuz at some point the boxer will stop being the boxer mm.
2: yeah yeah that's it yeah that's it and uh, again i've already loved to do it for years um after after um you know, the, the the losses there of 2019, I actually just pulled back and said, you know what, I'm not doing any more. Now it's like, I, I've stood there and I've thought about, I said, about overcoming and keep going and never give up. But I've spoke about this on stage and it's been recorded and I thought, wow, I actually have to go and win a World Championship now. Because if I don't, I was just, you know, just... Talking, talking garbage. So I've gone and I've and I've actually lived up to it, and I think that all that will play in nicely when I step on stage again the next time I do. So
0: you seem in a good place, like as you said, knowing your why. Like you mentioned that Mungia decision in 2019 was remarkably controversial, mm. but you seem to be in a place now where you won't let the highs take you too high, and you won't let those lows mm. take you too low. So that's a, a nice balanced place to be.
2: You, you, well, you're dead right. I think uh, fighters like myself, you know, Tyson Fury and, and many other, we can actually we can tend to be quite bipolar we go very high and go very low and uh, but I do have mantras and stuff like that to stop me from to be centred and be balanced um, when the high goes high I can nearly expect something to to give me something to come crashing down and the more I balance that myself and regulate it in myself uh, the more um, it stops the lows and the highs going to so it's, it's really just about uh, humbling yourself when things are going good and, um, and and not being too hard on yourself when things are going bad so have you, uh, come, have you come to the meditation recently or has that been a long time? It's, it's been a long time, I didn't realise how much I actually did it naturally before I I understood, you know I, I love to walk in the evening it helps me sleep and um you know, I'm lucky that I live in Brisbane beside the sea and I, I didn't know, you know, I've been walking in nature for a very long time, uh, all that kind of stuff and, um, you know, it's just, uh, it, it comes to me quite quickly anyway I can zone out quite, quite quickly and just feel good about myself and when you spend time in that space it starts to show up in your life as well, you know
1: What challenge will James Metcalf? provide for you this weekend you said you expect him to make it a war how, how will he try and do that
2: well look I believe that in terms of skill and ability um, I'm, I'm I, you know I'd be superior there and um, he he will try to make it a dog fight you know he, he'll, he'll he'll come in and give it everything to try and get me to fight his fight you know but it's about me being a matador in, in this situation and I do love a fight and a rip and, and, and I'll let it happen but it'll be on my terms when it happens and uh, if I can do that again, like I do with fighters, I'll break his heart, and 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 he'll feel that, and he'll get very, very lethargic and out of ideas. Uh, uh, you know, through through half through the fight and onwards.
1: Do you know what time you're scheduled for the ring walk?
2: I think I could be somewhere around eight thirty. I right. think i It's it's. Uh, I'm I'm used to being. The last fight, if not, you know, come in. But, um, you know, Matchroom, I think, have me on third last this time. So is what it is. An early night for me is a change, but it's 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 good.
1: It should be pretty full, I think. Uh, people getting in early to experience the, the whole uh, extravaganza that will be Katie Taylor at homecoming. So I'd say there'll be a big crowd for you. Should yeah. be.
2: Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good.
1: Well listen we wish you the very best It's been an incredible journey And it's clearly not finished So uh, whatever happens this weekend We wish you the very best Dennis, It does feel like the whole country Certainly the comments coming in Are a uh, uh, great chat with Dennis Best of luck OCB AM With Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave Or your money back Neon Night Edition Available now